Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. It's interesting to watch the news this past week. It's such a thrill not to hear Donald Trump did this and Donald Trump did that. I was sick of it. And I'm sure most of you, if not all of you, were. Now we seem to be back to what I consider normal government. Biden's up front with a lot of things, uh, which makes it more interesting because he's sort of opening the closet door and letting us get inside and see what really goes on in Washington. I'm going to we're going to stay just in the United States tonight, I think, unless I get through all my material. We'll be in Georgia, Washington, D.C., California, uh, Connecticut, New Jersey, Miami and. Australia. Australia is the last item. If I don't get to it, too much material tonight. Okay, I want to start with breaking news tonight. Tonight, this evening's news, okay? Uh, Biden, around 5 o'clock, went on uh, national TV, and he said, I've had it with the negotiation with the Republicans on infrastructure. It is going nowhere. And so there's no more negotiation. What's going to happen next? I don't know. You don't know. I suspect he's going to to go on reconciliation if he can get Joe Manchin to come with him. Manchin hasn't mentioned that he won't support infrastructure. I don't think he's going to support all of what Trump wants. Not Trump, I'm sorry, Biden wants, but he will support most of it. I think that Biden should go for that big package of $4.1 trillion, cut back a few hundred, a few million to around $3.5, $3.8 to satisfy the mansions on the Democratic side, and go for it. Go for the big one. Let's get something done once and for all. Uh, now, the other thing today on late night news, okay, Someone raised the question in the same news show. Someone raised the question, why don't millionaires, billionaires, they didn't even use the term millionaires, why don't billionaires pay taxes? Well, it's very simple, my friends. They got all the money, uh, and money talks, and you buy what you need. They have the very best tax lawyers in the world. They have the very best CPAs in the world. Uh, They use their tax lawyers. As uh, lobbyists in Washington, uh, they have them in the office and in the courtrooms besides. And when a corporation, for example, or an individual, and this is the way it's done, wants a particular law that will help him or his business tax-wise, the lobbyists go to work. They sell, sell it to the legislator. The legislator or his staff don't sit down and draw the law. They're not smart enough. Uh, there are very few people who are smart in this respect. These highly paid <laughs> tax lawyers and CPAs write the law, and then they bring it back to the legislator, and they say, this is what we want you to introduce. And then he puts his label on it, and he introduces it. Uh, and that's how it's done, and they got the people to do it, and they know where they can save a buck. And the reason they know, again, is because they create the law, the tax law that will give them that benefit where they will save money and probably end up paying no taxes. Uh, 
that's the way it works. That means that the ordinary Joe on the street is paying taxes. I've always said this country is run on the money of the middle class and the low economic class. It's not run on the money of the very rich because they don't pay taxes. And that's the story there. Now, poor Dr. Fauci. They may be getting on his back big time by the end of the week. They need another Hillary Clinton. Everyone needs, anyone who's become a success in life, running a government or something, has to have someone to hate. Hitler had the Jews, okay? Trump had Hillary Clinton first. And remember, Clinton, Benghazi, everything else, it was all her fault. How many billions of dollars did our government spend after her emails that were coming out of the toilet downstairs or something in her house, and they came up with nothing, absolutely nothing. All right, here's the story. Best Lovin', uh, an extremely good writer, reporter for Vanity Fair, wrote a column last week on what's going to happen to Dr. Fauci. And she says in about a week, we may be one week away from starting a, listen to this, lock her up chant for Anthony Fauci. Lock her up chant for Anthony Fauci. Like they used to say, lock her up, lock her up. Now it'll be lock him up, lock him up, okay? And if it's successful and the people take to it like they took to Hillary, lock her up. Then they want to arrange for him to be charged with treason. They want him charged with treason. This is Dr. Fauci, my friend. He helped save us with coronavirus. And he was one of the first ones out there helping the AIDS people in 1980. But they want to lock him up. And if things go well, they want to charge him with treason. Uh, Now, that ain't nice. Why do they want to do this? Here's the story. Trump is upset that Fauci doesn't agree with him as to the cause of the virus. Trump says, came from China, the Wuhan labs. Remember, he spent the last, what, two years, year and a half, you know, China did it. It's China's fault, blah, blah, blah. Well, most doctors and most scientists don't agree with him. Dr. Fauci has never agreed with Trump on this issue. He has always said, I think it came from animals, bats in China, but not from the labs. And because he did not agree with Trump, Trump and his people now want to destroy Dr. Fauci. And another reason is because he's not like everybody else. He's not like these hoodlums, these thugs who follow Donald Trump with these various terrorist organizations. Don't forget, uh, he's a conservative. He's everything conservatives hate, Fauci. He's an educated man of science with not one but two degrees. He committed what Republicans believe was a capital offense when he failed to back up everything Donald Trump said about, about, about drinking or taking a shot of bleach. Remember, Donald said, hey, this guy said, look, you use Clorox or something. He says, good idea. Come up here. And, uh, of course, I don't know if Fauci was on the stage that day, but he got up there pretty soon. And he says, not healthy. Not the way to do it. Please, nobody do it. Okay? Uh, 
And it was because of the bleach thing they want to get him now. Uh, that's one of the reasons. Uh, they also claim, this is Trump's people, that Fauci invented the coronavirus and, I quote, is part of a secret cabal with Bill Gates and George Soros to profit from the vaccines. You don't have to be a genius, and you don't have to be stupid to believe this can't be true. I mean, this is like saying your mother was a prostitute. This is terrible. This is terrible. Then you got QAnon, and you got the Republicans, Trump, and Fox News, okay? Uh, they believe, they believe that they have found some kind of a smoking gun showing Fauci is somehow responsible for the virus. He himself created coronavirus. Got it? Not China. Fauci did it. Now, another thing they say, and some one of Trump's followers wrote this, and this was the title of the article, was Fauci lied, people died. Fauci lied, people died. Now, this was written, the column on this uh, was written on June 3rd by Howie Carr for the Boston Herald. He's been with the Boston Herald for years. He is a far-right columnist. There are people who believe Trump. We all know this. And he wrote, Fauci lied, people died. Now, it's amazing, isn't it? We're, we're, we're a crazy society. I, I don't know. I wish I was. Was it like this in the 20s? Was it like this during the Depression? I can't believe it was like this in World War II. I was growing up in World War II. I don't remember this kind of fighting. Oh, my God, this kind of terrible things being said. Uh, Republicans hating Democrats and Democrats hating Republicans to this extent. Okay, now, there was a... Federal judge, there is a federal judge, Judge Robert Bennett, B-E-N-I-T-E-C, in the Southern District of California. He's a senior judge. He has been a federal judge for about 30 years. Let me tell you something. As a former practicing lawyer, trial lawyer for 46 years, and I had a significant practice in federal court, whether a judge is a federal judge, whether he's a state judge, whether he's a county judge, whether he's a city court judge. Anybody's a judge for 30 years, it's hard to practice in front of them. They have become omnipotent. They know everything because no one ever disagrees with a judge. You have to understand, on the bench, off the bench, they get the greatest respect in the world. Uh, when the judge comes in the courtroom, people have to stand up. When he leaves, they have to stand up again. He has a clerk that holds his robes while he puts it on, like you put on a coat. Uh, and everybody kisses his ass, and then eventually they, they think they know everything. And the worst, i got to say, this with all due respect, federal judges are great, but when they're on the bench too long, they're really bad because they know they have all the power in the world as a United States District Court judge. Now there's this judge I'm talking about, Benitez. He's out there in Southern uh, California, 30-year-old man, and he wrote this decision on the AR-15 this past week. All right. Uh, California has an old assault weapons ban. It's a law, old assault weapons ban. They've had it for 30 years. 
They add guns to it, they take them off, etc. One of the guns is an AR-15. Now, we've all learned what an AR-15 is. It's an assault weapon. It's a war gun. It's nothing you go hunting with unless you want to be sure you're going to hit the deer because the bullets come out very rapidly. Anyhow, uh, he says, you know, he says, uh, it's not good. Why are we stopping people from buying this gun? Why do people have to go through a lot of crap if they want to buy this gun? Uh, he says that he thinks that taking the AR-15 and banning it was a failed experiment in California. That the columnist now, Keith Olbermann, said uh, the judge doesn't understand that the AR-15 uh, is a threat to public safety. Uh, the New York Times wrote, and I quote, and I, I, I found it hard when I read this. The New York Times, I think, is one of the greatest papers in the world. But uh, they, they know how to say it the right way, so it's not offensive. But they called this judge, a, and I quote, a death-worshipping fascist. A death-worshipping uh, I'm sorry. A, a death-worshipping uh, fascist. Terrible, 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 terrible. Uh, well... Here's the guy, here's the gentleman. This judge is the one who said in his decision that the AR-15 is nothing different than from, it's comparable, it's not dangerous, it's comparable to the Swiss Army knife. Now, I never had an AR-15, but when I was a kid, I had a, I had a Swiss uh, Army knife. All my friends had them. Great. I mean, you can open bottles with them. Uh, you can cut little things up. You probably could kill somebody, but I never heard of anyone using a, a Swiss Army knife to kill someone. It's got like a hundred different talents within that small knife. Anyhow, he says it's comparable to that. Nothing to it. There's nothing bad about it. Uh, it's just the way it is. And uh, it's not an assault weapon. So now this is just crazy. The governor of California, the attorney general of California, said they're going to appeal his decision. I don't know why he did this thing that is so crazy. He also said in his decision, I don't want to forget this, he also said in his decision, uh, one is to be forgiven if one is persuaded by the news media and others that uh, the nation is awash in murderous AR-15 assault rifles. The facts, however, do not support this. The facts, however, do not support this hyperbole, and facts matter. Now, it just so happens that CNN, uh, days before this decision come, came out, had a list of where the AR-15s were used. They didn't know this decision was going to come down. They just made a list where AR-15s were involved in mass shootings. So we have a lot of mass shootings. We're getting them every week now. We're getting them every weekend you can depend on a mass shooting. I'm not laughing. It's serious business. It's terrible. Anyhow, CNN had put out a, a report a few days before, this is funny, uh, that the AR-15 has become the weapon of choice for numerous mass shooters, Okay. And they say, cited some of the places where this was used, the gun was used. The gun 
that the judge says isn't used for killings like the newspaper and the news media report. He says, you've got the movie theater, the CNN, movie where the gun was used, movie theater in Orlando, Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh, Route 91 Harvest Musical Festival in Las Vegas, uh, a church in Peru, uh, some state, in the, it's Peru in some state in the country, I don't know which one, the, the Pola Nightclub in uh, Colorado, uh, the high school in Panlin, Parlin, Panlin, Florida, and Sandy Hook. Remember Sandy Hook Elementary School in Connecticut? Little kids, they were, what, six years old, being shot to death, and AR-15 uh, rifle was used. Okay, I want to move on to Joe Manchin. Everybody's friend in this country. This guy is a turncoat. He's a turncoat. Whoever heard of Joe Manchin? <laughs> Nobody heard of Joe Manchin. He was governor of West Virginia for about 10 years. He's been in the United States Senate, I don't know, 12, 14 years. He's into his third term. Uh, his first one was a short one. He's into his third term as governor. He's got to run again in 2024. Uh, but split uh, Congress. The Democrats need all 50 votes, and then with the vice president, they can put through any legislation they want. They will control. But Manchin says, oh, my God, we're going to get rid of the filibuster so we can pass any laws we want. We can't do that. That isn't fair. We, we must have <laughs> bipartisanship. Well, we got to have Republicans voting with us. We go for the filibuster. They'll never cross the aisle and join us. Well, they haven't crossed the aisle in 20 years to join us on important legislation. Uh, he's dreaming. He's absolutely dreaming, this guy. And now he was on two talk shows over the weekend, two, on Sunday, two news talk shows, and he said, I am not supporting the voting rights bill the one that's for the people, the one that's supposed to take on the 47, eliminate most of the laws passed in the last couple of months in 47 different states to limit voting rights. He says, I, I can't go for that. Uh, he says, no, no, no. Uh, and he says, it, it'd have to be bipartisan. Nobody's going to go for it that way. So we're one, we're one or two votes short all the time. Uh, now, I, I don't understand this guy. I just think he likes being a big shot. He, he's a big shot. You never heard of him before. All of a sudden, he's got his 15 minutes in the sun. He, he's, a, he's in the newspaper every day. He, he's on television. They're mentioning his name every day. He likes this. I can't blame him. Every, a politician especially would like this type of popularity. Well, let's go with a little of his background. He has been a friend of the Koch brothers for years. The Koch brothers are very wealthy Republicans. I mean, you can run for any office with their support. They got money. He's been a friend of theirs, personal friend for years. Uh, he's not doing well. In his last election, in his last election in 2018, uh, he only took, gathered 49.6% of the vote. His opponent, 
at 46%. So by three points, he outlasted his opponent. The only trouble is, in his previous election for the United States Senate in 2012, uh, Manchin got over 60% of the vote. None of this 49% garbage. He was 60-something. So his numbers are going down. And the reason his numbers are going down is because people are moving into West Virginia. Uh, it's strange. Let me say this also first. West Virginia was a Democratic state. When he started running for state office, uh, you know, he went up the ranks through the state uh, offices. It was a Democratic state. Now it's a Republican state. And it's, I can tell you easily how you recognize it as a Republican state. The only statewide elected official, Democratic elected official in West Virginia is Joe Manchin. He's the only Democrat left. And the people aren't particularly crazy about him anymore. And the handwriting is on the wall, okay? It, the word is he'll probably lose the Senate race in uh, 2024. Now, such being the case, what what is he going to do? Well, political experts, and I'm not one, uh, but it makes sense to me, believe that he's going to change parties. He, he's, doing, he's sucking up to the Republicans now. Uh, he's going to make it difficult for Biden to pass uh, his program. Uh, he will become a Republican at the last minute and run as a Republican. Uh, he will probably win as a Republican, where he would lose as a Democrat. And that's what the man's going to do. And he, again, he's feathering uh, his situation uh, by doing what he's doing now. Uh, what are you going to do? It's his life. He can do what he wants. But he's not a square guy. He's supposed to be healthy. You know, you go with your team. You take the girl home from the dance that you took to the dance. You don't take one girl and take another one home. What he's going to do when he changes parties and what he's doing now by sucking up to the Republicans. You hear every day he's having a conference with that Republican, this Republican. He's, he's not taking the, home, the girl home who he took to the dance, and you don't do that. Which now brings me to John Ram, uh, professional golfer. John, J-O-N, Ram, R-A-H-M. Number third ranked player in the world. Mighty good. Now we had the Memorial, um, the, the Memorial Tournament. It's a Jack Nicholas tournament. And uh, at the end of 54 holes, John Ram was winning. He had a six-stroke lead. That means he's only got another 18 holes to play tomorrow. And with a six-stroke lead, it's hard to lose. Okay, especially if you're the number three player in the world. It could happen. It has happened remotely. So he's got it knocked. Except when he was done on the 18th hole on that Saturday, finishing the 54 holes, a golf official walks up to him and says, John, I'm sorry, you're disqualified. 
uh, why is he disqualified? He started crying. Why am I disqualified? Because he knew he had a winner going. He was going to be a winner. And by the way, the purse was $1.7 million if he won. $1.7 million went to the winner. A lot of money. Anyhow, uh, they told him that you were with so-and-so two days ago. So-and-so has tested for coronavirus and come up positive. Uh, they, by the way, they tested the, the, the players, the golf players, for coronavirus all the time. Uh, and he says, the last test we gave you yesterday, turned out we got the results today positive. Not positive. Don't indicate you have coronavirus, but you were near this guy, and he's got it. You have to go into 10 days quarantine. I'm laughing. This is sad. You have to go into quarantine for 10 days. Uh, he took it like, you know, he was crying at the beginning. Uh, and it was probably because he had fought hard. To be, that's good to have a six-stroke lead. He was really hot. And that was and now it's wasted. Uh, it was wasted. Uh, and I can understand. But in a sense, he was deserving of that. And I will tell you why. Uh, he never got vaccinated for coronavirus. Now, why does that make a difference? Because under the rules that apply to the Golf Association regarding uh, coronavirus and vaccines, any player, any professional golfer in a tournament who had gotten vaccinated would not be tested. Because they, they believe science has reached that point in a little over a year. You're vaccinated, uh, you're not going to get it. Don't worry about it. And... Uh, or you're going to get it slightly. But they don't have to be vaccinated. They don't have to be tested. He would not have been tested Saturday after 54 holes had he been vaccinated. Now, why didn't he get vaccinated? I don't know. No one seems to have asked him the question this week. And I'd like to know. He's uh, probably one of these people, and there are many of you out there. They're going to get sick. They don't believe in it. There's no virus. Well, it just cost him. It was a bad business judgment. It just cost him $1.7 million. want to talk quickly about the case of Griswold versus Connecticut. Very important case, my friends, especially for the women of this country. A landmark decision. Griswold versus Connecticut decided in 1965. And Griswold said it is legal for a husband and wife, for a married couple, to practice birth control. She was against the law for anybody to practice birth control through using some object. And condoms were forbidden. They, they were illegal. Even married couples couldn't use them. But married couple went to the, the uh, Supreme Court of the United States. The court said, we're not going into the bedroom. We're not going into a couple's bed. There's a right of privacy that attaches to a married couple, okay? And so if you're married, you now can practice birth control. You can use condoms or anything you want. That's very interesting because birth control was a big issue, not only with the government up to 1965, but with the Catholic Church. It still is with the Catholic Church, but they don't talk about it anymore. Uh it was wrong if you were Catholic. It was wrong if you were an American citizen. I know. My wife and I know. We got married in 57. 
we couldn't. She wouldn't practice birth control. She was a pretty good Catholic. I would have practiced it. She didn't want to do it. So for two years we gambled and we were lucky. But then she got pregnant, uh, and I was in my last year of law school, and uh, we had some difficult times that year, uh, uh, money-wise. I'm talking about, and so because she was helping me through law school, she still wouldn't practice birth control, and so. I'm happy to tell you, I'm not ashamed, we had five pregnancies in five consecutive years, all right? We lost the last one because the doctor says, she gets pregnant too soon. You got to do something. I said, she won't do anything. Uh, fortunately, she, she saw the handwriting on the wall, and she decided she would practice birth control. But it was tough. My four children are living examples that what's the system the Catholic Church had? I can't remember now. I've got a mental block. Uh, but the system they had, you had to take the woman's temperature. I kept the chart at the bedroom door. Uh, I made sure we kept the record of it. And she got pregnant four times. It didn't work. Uh, anyhow, I'm laughing as I say it too, because it's not a problem today, but that's how stupid we were. Not me, not my wife, but all of us, the church, the government, married couples couldn't practice birth control. My God. Everyone should have the right to practice birth control. Anyhow, my friends, that's the show for this week. Uh, thank you for joining me, and good night.